Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We got our football Fridays all day long here on The Zone. But on Tuesday mornings, we got our we got our football. And I know it's a jazz game day, but we got our football uh, 6 a.m. hours here. You hear from the coaches, you, Cougars, Aggies, all talking to the media on Monday. We got them all for you here today. It's Monday night football. Good game between the Steelers and the Bears. That had some back and forth. I got to admit, when it's 14 nothing early in the second quarter, I thought the Bears aren't built to come back from this. And the Steelers didn't put them away. It was 20 to 6 when the fourth quarter started. The Steelers. You know, they had the two-touchdown lead, and it was, you know, only 15 minutes to go, so they were in good shape. But it's not like they'd extended the lead to 17 or 20 or, you know, 28 and finished the thing off. Sure enough, they make a big mistake on special teams, give up a quick score, and, and the Bears had two good touchdown drives. And comes right down to a kick at the end, and the Steelers get the win. Roethlisberger had the two-minute magic. All right. Enough of the pro football. Let's get to the colleges. The Aggies coming off a win at New Mexico State. They get the best game of the week. Uh, they are four and a half point underdogs at San Jose State. Spartans are five and five. They have been limited by a quarterback injury. They're getting their guy back. The Aggies are seven and two. You know why they aren't a five hundred team? Because they eked out a close game right at the end of Washington State in the season opener. They went to Air Force. Back and forth, high scoring game. They got it done and got the win there. And then. They tried to make a mess of the UNLV game, but they scored right at the end and, and won. So it could be four and five, but it's not. The Aggies are seven and two right now. They got to win their last three games on paper without question. The best team left on their schedule is San Jose State. They got Wyoming and New Mexico after this. Both those teams one and four tied for last place in the Mountain Division. This looks like the toughest game. Boise State's a game behind them has the head-to-head win. Now, Air Force is a game behind them, and Utah State's got the tiebreaker there. Could have come down to a three-way tie. and Well, there's, there's stuff to sort out. We'll see if... I think Boise State will win out. they got San Diego State in the season finale. So they ought to win, and then we'll see what happens in that game. Uh, but first things first, Aggies don't need any help. If they beat San Jose, they become the overwhelming favorite in the division. Uh, Blake Anderson, head coach, joins PK and I every Monday morning at 9.30, and we're going to replay that interview for you right now here on The Zone. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So, Coach, a tale of two halves. Is that just Newt Rockney and halftime in there? You just you break out your best stuff? <laughs> well, I, I let them know I wasn't happy. Um, honestly, really, just, guys, we got to wake up. I, I was worried about it all week going in. I've been there uh, a bunch uh, through my career and and knew what to expect and tried to explain it to our guys as best I could. One in seven team, really tough place to get to, and you got to travel through and uh, El Paso to get there. You're on the bus. It's in the middle of nowhere. You get there, and it's empty, and it was super hot. We've been practicing at about 45, 50 degrees every day. It was 80 on Saturday, and it just basically everything you want to give us a chance to come out and play sloppy, which is exactly what we did early. Uh, and, and then they responded in a huge way. Third quarter, I mean, three and outs, and, and and straight, you know, straight drives down to the to the end zone and score and touchdowns and not settling for field goals. We responded, but man, it was frustrating to start. If you want to go positive, is there something to be said that well, you tried. But at the same time, you can't BS these kids, so you can straight talk them because they got enough street snorts to know that you're playing a one of seven team. 
and we probably don't need to have our A-plus effort. I know that's not what you want, but if you step back and think, well, at least they know what's real, and maybe that could help you interact with them. I'm trying to reach for something positive here, Coach. <laughs> you know, I don't think you I don't think you can make every team to be out, you know, the best team on your schedule. I think they're smart enough. There's too much information out there. You watch the tape. You see it. You see the record. Um like opponents that we've played and how they've responded to those like opponents. But it's just too much information. If I come in there and try to make every team to be out to be the best team in the country, I'm going to lose credibility. So I was very honest with them about what to expect. Uh, we're the better team going in physically. It shows on the tape. It shows on the record. But it is our responsibility to go there and play to our standard, not to the opponent. And it's not that we went and played without good effort. We just didn't play good ball. We, we made some – Really silly mistakes early. It was sloppy, and I think it took us a little while to to get used to just how hot it really was. It was it was ridiculously hot compared to what we've been in here recently, and um, we just didn't respond real real well. But but as the second quarter later in the second quarter, you started to see it turn. In the third and fourth quarter, played played lights out the way we could have and should have played the whole game and. You know, there's a responsibility, I told him. There's a responsibility for me telling you the truth, that you know what we're up against and you got to go play our best ball because we need to get better this week. Uh, there's a lot riding on the, the, the last three weeks of the season and we need to improve. And um, Didn't do it early, but definitely did some things down the stretch of the game that was, was good to see. So you do have a lot at stake here the last three weeks. Uh, the division title is out there. If you win out, it's yours. You don't need any help. You just got to go win and go do it. And the San Jose team, uh, you're in the spot you're in, not the spot they're in, because you've won some close games right at the end at Washington State and Air Force, the UNLV game later. Uh, you, you could easily be sitting on four or five wins. They're five and five. Do you think the guys will look at the record, the scores in the video, and, and get Get a different message as they prep for the Spartans. Well, I, I think they have a, a healthy respect for this crew, and they know that they, they got the quarterback back. You know, they were able to watch the second half of that game against Nevada the other night and see it. We got back in time to watch the whole second half. Already, already hear a bunch of guys just in the building. They they know what we're up against. Uh, we'll go in as an underdog, I'm sure. Now they got their quarterback back. They've got a great defensive front. They won the league a year ago every reason that I would expect to go in there uh, with them favored to win on a late late Saturday night game and, and kind of everything stacked against you. So I, I, I think um, completely different environment than what we just, what we just came out of. That they know how good this team is and that the record's a little bit deceiving because they've played through some big injuries and, and, and did not have their quarterback until this past week. And that changes a lot for them because he is a phenomenal player. Yeah, he certainly is. No question about that. You got Tyler back in there after having some injury issues. He didn't have a lot of carries. I think he what at seven or eight or something like that. Uh, what do you expect as far as his health going forward? You know, he's fine. Uh, he he cramped up to be honest. The other day, he didn't pull anything. Nothing that'll keep him out. Just uh, again, has not gotten a lot of reps. Didn't hydrate really, really well going in. I think the heat got everybody by surprise. It was it was much hotter than and anticipated, I think. Um, you know, it's one thing to look at it, what you see, it says it's going to be on paper. Another thing to go feel it and, and then to uh, to go out and just kind of have your body respond. But he's fine. I, I thought what snaps he got were really, really effective. Uh, he'd love to have one drop that he that he missed uh, back, but 
but he ran the ball really, really well. His legs look fresh. We just got to get him ready to go on Saturday night, and we'll need him to do so because we've got to keep them off balance, and we've got to be able to uh, to run the ball and, and stay ahead of the chains against this front because they can rush the passer as good as anybody we've seen this year. Cannot be off schedule against San Jose. Utah State football coach Blake Anderson joining us. Do you think at this point in the season you've seen everything that people can throw at Devin Tompkins and everyone knows what the deal is now, regardless of what a defense tries to do to stop him? Well, the best thing we're doing is moving him around all over the field. So it makes it really difficult to to try to you know double him and bracket him. You just don't know where he's going to be next. He's clearly super super skilled and, and, and loves to compete for the ball and play it play it above the rim. I think also the fact that a lot of other guys are making huge catches. You're getting that out of Derek Wright, you're getting it out of Brandon Bowling. We got two huge catches out of Kyle Van Leeuwen and and McGriff. So it's not like he is the only guy catching the ball. Obviously his numbers are through the roof and he's gonna he's gonna try to give you everything he's got every week. But I think the ability to move him around and to not know where he's going to be next and the fact that everybody else uh, can step up and make plays if you really commit all your time and energy to, to Tompkins, you're giving up other things. Uh, you know, I, I believe it allows us to keep him as involved as as we have. And uh, I was surprised at how they played him this week. I don't know that they just felt like they didn't have any other options. But uh, but really put him in a lot of one on ones and, and clearly when you do that he's he's gonna he's gonna hurt you. Twenty years ago, exactly this season, I was a beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, and my assignment that year was Utah State. And they had a kid named Kevin Curtis. I'm sure you've heard of him. And he yep. was he was a smaller guy, but he played in the NFL. Now uh, Tompkins is small, even smaller than uh, Curtis. But man, the numbers he's putting up. Uh, even though the size, I don't think, is obviously going to work in his favor. Is he viewed as an NFL guy? Yeah, I think he's got a future at the next level in the right system, at the right place. I think the more we expand his special teams role, which we'll continue to do, um, you know, he, he's he's so versatile in terms of what he can uh, he can handle football IQ wise. So he can be anywhere on the field. Not everybody's going to, you know, not every program up there is going to look for a small guy or take a small guy. But there are a lot of Guys his size or around his size that are on roster still in, in finding value in the NFL. So it's going to take the right place. He's going to need to stay healthy. Uh, you know, He's got another year under his belt next year, and we can just continue to expand and work on his role. Uh, I think there's a ton of things that, that he can do at the next level if, if he just continues to show consistency. He's done a great job of, of opening everybody's eyes at that level. They are, they are really excited about what he's doing. You know, obviously he's got to overcome the size, but there are there are some guys up there playing that are around the, the same size as Devin, and, and I think that plays into his favor. Were you surprised by how thoroughly Boise State beat Fresno State in Fresno? I was. Now you know you turn the ball over like Fresno did, and, and it happens to anybody. We we uh, you know we we we've, we've been victim of that before, and, and when you look at some some key. Uh, upsets, I guess, but I don't know that you consider that an upset. I mean, playing on the road, obviously, you would anticipate Fresno to um, to play better uh, at home than they did. And um, the quarterback has had such a good year and protected the ball. Uh, it was surprising to me that they turned the ball over and that the game got away that late. I was expecting it to be a one-possession type game, but I knew that Boise was more than good enough to win it. And, and they, they did just that. So, uh, 
in that sense, not a huge surprise, but the way they won it, uh, I didn't expect. Last couple games have been off the radar as far as the regular television opportunities. Now you're back on, uh, as you already spoke about that. Uh, How important is that for recruiting? It's huge. Anytime you can put the brand out there and the logo that is going to get seen by a lot of folks, it just helps us continue to build the recruiting footprint. Uh, If we play well, which we have in those environments all year, uh, I think uh, more and more you know, t- televisions are turned our way, and heck, it doesn't have to be TVs anymore. You can watch it on your phone and everything else. So uh, it'll be one of the last games on. There'll be a lot of people asleep probably on the East Coast, but hopefully in the central part of the United States and West Coast, uh, a lot of eyes on the game. It means a lot to both teams. They're in a they're in a playoff scenario. Do or die. Can't afford to lose one. We need to we need to make sure and take care of our business so, so we don't need help uh, to get into the game. So there's a lot riding on it. Should be a great game. Two good football teams. Well, it looks like a big old construction zone because it is a big old construction zone. So keep everybody focused between the sidelines and the goal lines and don't worry about all the bizarreness around you there. It'll be an intriguing game. We're looking forward to it, Coach. Appreciate it, guys. There's the Aggies head coach, Blake Anderson. When we come back, BYU football coach Kalani Sataki, stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a trip to Tucson, Arizona for the Utes as they enter the home stretch of their Pac-12 schedule with a showdown against the Arizona Wildcats. Catch the Ute pregame show this Saturday with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from Kalani Sataki. What a great week. Another win. They're 8-2. They got a bye week. And then they got Georgia Southern, so that ought to be another win. This is as pressure-free as it gets for a coach. It's not really pressure-free because he's got a recruit. He does have the USC game out there. Uh, but still, right now in the here and now, oh, things feel pretty good for Kalani when he goes to work, I would imagine. Here's Kalani Sataki with the media. All right, ready for our opponent this week, which is nobody. So we're going to practice. Uh, saw some things in, in the game that we can obviously improve on. and uh, But I, I was really thankful that a bunch of guys got reps and um, saw some really good things uh, in terms of our development, progress that we're trying to make as a program. So uh, that was uh, really important for those guys to get those reps. Um, thought Tyler did well for playing one quarter. Jaron did well for playing one half. And the guys that came in did a decent job. I thought they're, I mean, A-Rod and he could tell you they thought maybe it could have been a little bit cleaner. And Ed could have told you that from our kickoff uh, cover. But uh, make mistakes, learn from them, get better. Uh, it was good to play that game, get that win, and do it for the seniors. Um, looking forward to this week and, and working. And we'll get uh, this week we'll get three really good practices in, uh, get some lifting and, and get the guys uh, a little bit of break over the weekend uh, maybe some of them can go home and and watch their local you know their alma maters play this weekend and come back ready to work for our opponent which is georgia southern so i'll take any questions you guys may have let's start with uh, jared and then jay and mitch 
Kalani, this is a chance for, for us to talk about big picture stuff. And I wanted to talk about recruiting. Some guys were on campus over the weekend, got a lot of people excited. What are you seeing as far as the elevation of BYU's recruiting? You've always said that that's the lifeblood and something you want to focus. How is that uh, evolving now, currently? No, I, I think our, our mindset and our efforts towards recruiting are always going to be the same. We want to communicate and get the guys that want to be here, you know, and there's a, uh, and then there's a lot of guys that don't know about our school and, and trying to reach out to them and um, let them know what our program's about and what our school's about. And I think there's, there's a, a lot of uh, young men out there that fit our program and do, can do really well here. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I know that uh, gaining a lot of interest, people are excited about our program. That's that's a good sign. Um, but, you know, I think that's a huge reflection off of the, the fan base. Our fan base is amazing. I said it after the game. Keep keep looking at the the, uh, the film and seeing the stands be just being packed, you know. And I think there's a moment at the beginning where everyone's filing in, and um, but you, you saw it in the you know early in the first half where where, where the seats are. I mean, it was it was a packed home. So uh, against an FCS opponent, that was really good for us to see. And uh, but I, I think. Uh, Recruiting goes because our fan base is, is amazing, and, and they uh, they make it, they've always made us a legitimate contender as far as uh, having that footprint in college football. And uh, I think the move to the Big Twelve confirms that, and, and then we'll see. We'll just keep building on that. That's uh, recruiting is really important, so it's something that you do every day, something that you're always focused on. That's a big part of what we're trying to do, is, is, and that's part of development for our program. So we'll always be in tune with it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of five star, four star guys that can do really well here, just like walk ons, one star, two star, no star. Um, guys that just want to try out and, and are fast and strong and they believe in what we do as a program, uh, th those individuals can thrive here. Kalani, do you think anything changes with the Big 12 move, either making your program more appealing or, or changing who you can reach out to? Does that change at all? We're going to stay humble, work hard, get the right young men that, that – belong in this in this program and build it around the, the culture that we have that's been established for uh, many years and so that's what we're going to do I, if it changes it changes if, if, it's, if it continues to improve then that's all we're focused on I'm um, yeah but, but there's a lot of interest already it's already changed since we've been to the big 12 it's so recruiting is always a changing thing our goal is to be innovative and creative and try to find ways to get get the, the guys that fit our program here Go ahead, Jay. Kalani, any update on uh, Neil Pau? Was his injury season ending? Um, not, I can't confirm that yet. doesn't look good for Georgia Southern. And so um, we'll, we'll have to probably have – this is the day that we probably get more information today and tomorrow. And so as soon as we know, I'll let you guys know. Um, Neil is welcome to let you guys know more because – it's his body. So, but we're going to until, but I, I don't really know all the details yet, but uh, very doubtful for Georgia Southern. And then we'll see how, um, if we can confirm how long the, 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 the length of the injury will be. Then will be. kind of like Jared had a, a big 
picture question. Um, is it really gratifying for you guys? A lot of people said this was, you had to kind of prove last year wasn't a fluke by, you know, proving it this year. You guys didn't really buy into that narrative, but it was out there. How gratifying is it though, now that it's kind of, you've done it to, to basically say, yeah, we did it. <laughs> no, that's that. Listen, we're, we're, we're going to work hard, stay humble, stay hungry. And there's always room for improvement. And so we haven't done it yet, Jay. You know, we still have more games to go. So what we've earned is another game together, which is exciting that, that we're going to have another opportunity to play together and more practice time. But we're, we're focused on, on getting better this week, uh, getting an early start on Georgia Southern, and then going from there. I, I think uh, for us, is just, the goal is to just uh, um, keep working on what's ahead of us. Our, our, our culture is built on, on love and learn and, and those are two things that, that don't have a ceiling to it. So we're just going to keep building on that and trying to find ways to get better. But uh, the, the feeling of, of uh, being accomplished and feeling like we're, we're done, I don't think that's ever going to happen. We, we need to keep always working and and uh, trying to get better. So I, I, that stuff only generates complacency. And, and uh, you know, I will let you guys pat us on the back. We'll, we'll work on trying to get better. So that's the goal. And then we, we have some really good young men that can stay focused on it. And I know we all see the, the long term and where we want to be. But uh, if you're so focused on that, you're not enjoying the moment right now. So we live in the moment and have fun, learn, love what we do and, and who we get to be around. And uh, that's, that's going to be the ultimate focus. Honey, um, you just wrapped up uh, an FCS game. Uh, you know, in the future, when you're in a league, do you want to see FCS games maybe still factored into the, the big 12, you know, when you're in the big 12 and those non-conference schedules in the future? Well, I think that's everyone's schedule. You know, it's not just like we're the only ones that play FCS. That's kind of part of college football and, and the FBS level is that you play uh, an FCS opponent. I, I think it's good for football, uh, not good for so, some of the teams that have lost the FCS opponents. That's happened uh, every year. It seems to happen. And, and um, um, you know, I, they're very competitive in football at, at every level, Division Two, NAIA, Division Three. FCS and FBS and so uh, I, I think for the way college football works it's, it allows them to make some money the FCS teams and um I think for, for everybody to get that experience. I mean, the Idaho State players love the experience of playing in a packed house at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You, you can see how excited they were to play. I mean, that last drive, they were trying to get in the end zone, you know. So they, they enjoyed playing the entire game. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Coach Fennessey does a great job at, at leading that program. And, and they were right in the moment having a lot of fun. I don't know if you want to take that away from people, but uh, it seems to be a common thing where every, every F, FBA team plays an FCS team and gives them an opportunity to to be in that have that experience and then play that game over the weekend uh, you guys officially announced uh, Kingsley's uh, addition to the program I'm curious what what type of football football player maybe most importantly person is your program getting in Kingsley yeah great young man uh, from a wonderful family he's he's gonna um, 
uh, and, and he happens to be a really good football player. So we're looking forward to him joining our team and our, our family. He has a lot of great friends in the, in the program already on our current roster. And so I think he'll, he'll fit right in with our group and he knows that. And um, I think it's, he's really comfortable being here and being back home. And so I think we're going to get, get the most out of him, but there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, he knows it and, and a lot of others do as well. And we're excited to have him and, and have him be part of, officially be part of our family. All right, let's go with uh, Sean and then Jake. Yeah, Coach, seeing as, as how this is a bye week, obviously a little bit different, you alluded in your opening statement now, um, you know, you're looking forward to this week's game because there is no game, uh, if you will. Can you just kind of give us a brief overview of what a bye week looks like for you guys? I mean, you're obviously still practicing, but do the do the practices get a little shorter? Do you maybe lift a little bit more? I mean, is there is there obviously trying to get healthiest is kind of a, a big motivating factor. So what, what does just kind of this week look like for the program? Um, and maybe follow up, does it involve a certain watch party for a TV show on ESPN on Tuesday? A certain what? Uh, a watch party for a certain TV show on ESPN on Tuesday night. No, we don't do that. We're, we're, these guys, school's hard, man. They got to study. They, they, they need to, uh, you know, go do their homework. And when they have extra time, watch more film. So uh, I think I think you explained it all there. We're going to lift. We're going to we're going to practice. I mean, we're going to have three really good full practices. Um, we'll do that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to give them Friday, Saturday off. And we're going to lift um, between now and then to get that get going. So it all depends. If you're a guy that started and played tons of reps in the 10 weeks that we just went through, if, if how much how much you're going to do in practice, especially in terms of the physical part of it, I think it's important for us to take advantage of, of uh, the time to heal. But also, we, we can't get rusty either. So it's uh, it can't I can't give you an answer without saying that um, it depends who you are. And so there's some guys that need to tackle this week. So we're going to see that. And there's some guys that don't need it, but they need to stay stay uh, fresh and polished and, and uh, can't get rusty. So uh, it's, it's an individual type of deal. And you can kind of guess who's going to be tackling and who's not, you know, but uh, everyone's going to be running. Everyone's going to be lifting. Everyone's going to get stronger uh, physically, mentally, and hopefully spiritually throughout this week. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, Kalani, going back to the question just kind of related to the Kingsley uh, Suomataya news is, are you guys seeing an increased interest from, I guess, players, athletes, prospects reaching out to you guys proactively, whereas you guys having to reach out to them? Does that make sense? Yeah, we're not allowed to reach out to anybody until they get into the portal. So we are compliant to all NCAA rules. That's how it works. But uh, there's always people that are interested that, that like BYU. They like our brand of football and offense, defense, and special teams. And so I imagine with the transfer portal, there's already a lot of players that are interested in, in, in being a Cougar. And so, you know, it'd be foolish for us not to, not to listen and not to pay attention to what's going on in the transfer portal. But we have a certain standard here, and those don't change when it comes to playing BYU. There's things that you're going to have to do that, that to be be able to represent on the field and off the field, and uh, those standards don't change. So, and that goes with academics as well. 
There's a lot of talk made of you guys going 10 weeks without a bye week in there. How do you evaluate your team just coming out of that, having endured 10 straight weeks of football? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I think uh, you'd love to have everyone be healthy. And, and uh, I think the unfortunate part is that there are some injuries. And um, But on the, on the positive side of things, we saw some guys step up and, and fill in. So we felt good about the depth. It got tested in a lot of different positions. But I thought the guys uh, done well with, with their response. And then uh, I thought the coaches did a good job coaching them. It could all be better still. I think we could do things better as a team. And there's a program in the fundamentals and, and with our technique. Uh, and that's every position. So we're going to work on that. This is a great week to focus completely on on the fundamentals and technique of the game. And then, um, you know, have that work with your assignments. But I think it's good to go back to the basics with our players um, and then also get a, a, an early start on, on our opponent, which is Georgia Southern. I, we're looking forward to getting out there and playing in, in that part of the country and seeing our fans out that way as well. So, um yeah, that's it's still work. We've still got to work. This isn't this isn't a vacation time. The ten weeks were hard, um, but this is. I think this week's not going to be. It's not a vacation week. This is a work week as well. The Eagles are primarily an option based offense. Will you get a head start on trying to get ready for that defensively this week? That's a good idea. I think we'll have to do that. Yeah, that's we're given extra time to do that, so we might as well get an early start on it. Fair enough. Thanks. Uh, Jerry Lloyd. Kalani, you were just talking earlier about how guys would have a chance maybe to go watch uh, their alma mater and how important you know, we, we talk a lot about the importance of the college game. Talk to me about the high school game. I'm just curious about it's obviously important from a recruiting standpoint, but how important is it for you to have the boys appreciate those roots and the development that they had at that level? Yeah, we always talk about um, a lot of the hard work and sacrifice that it took for their, for others to get to our players to where they're at now, right? And so, and 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 for them to go home and uh, be around their loved ones that that worked hard and sacrificed for them and show them appreciation and gratitude, but also to go back and and do it for their local coaches or, or the you know the people that spend a lot of time with them and and getting them on the football field to where they want to be. And there's a lot of great teachers that they go but when they go back home it's good for them to go and connect with with the uh, you know with with their old high school and things like that but I think two days is enough get your butt back here to Provo and let's go back to work you know so uh, that's I, I think we've given them that time to do that and many of the guys are going to still stay here and, uh, and, and 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 just connect with their with their um, high school coaches and teachers and loved ones after the season you know but uh, some are going to go home but I think for the majority of them I think they're just going to stay here and study and get better and maybe get some extra lifts in do you have a opinion as far as multi-sport athletes in high school versus those that specialize and really develop their skills? Because I know that can be an interesting balance for kids coming to the college level. Yep, I like multi-sport athletes. I, I think uh, if you're an athlete, I like to see it in, in different 
uh, if we're about development here and trying guys in different positions, and I like to see them do some things that are a little bit different on the basketball court, on the wrestling mat, whatever it could be, the baseball diamond on 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 you know wherever on the track, things like that. So uh, I like to evaluate guys doing things um, that's not just all about football. I like to see the type of athlete that they are. So I encourage all our players, all our, our, our recruits and uh, players, that, you know, in high school to go out there and give it their best, even if they're not starting on their basketball team, go and show me that you're a good teammate, things like that. I think that's really important. Being part of the team is really special. Got time for one more question or two. Uh, go ahead, Mitch. Kalani, I wanted to ask you about uh, Keanu Hill. Uh, Where has uh, Keanu maybe made the biggest improvements in his development from when he arrived on campus to now? Uh, Probably getting healthy was the number one thing. He got banged up a little bit um, early in his career, but uh, he's resilient and he works really hard and he's taken to to Fessy's coaching. So he he just needed his moment and his time and and he took advantage of the reps that he got. um, But it it wasn't just on offense. You see the things that he's doing on special teams. Um, the, The kid belongs on the football field and it's it's good when you have a bunch of guys that belong on the football field for us to try to find reps for them. And that's, it's a good problem to have as a, in, in, a, in a football team. So uh, he works really hard and, and deserves to be on the field. And I'm glad that when his number's called, he's been able to answer it many times and, and not just in, in as a receiver, but in, in a lot of different roles. And wanted to just ask you uh, one more thing about uh, recruiting. You know, when, when recruits uh, come on campus, whether for an unofficial or official visit, uh, what experience are you hoping recruits have while they visit the campus or see a game? Like what, what experience are you hoping they gain from being on campus and seeing your program up close? I want them to see the people that, that makes this place special. And that's the players and just the people, the fans, everyone that's around. So I, I think when they get here and they get to see the game type of environment and interact with the fans and see how awesome our fans are, that's that's something that you can't replicate. You know, you just have to be there in the moment. So uh, we, we try to bring recruits in when we're playing, but also uh, bring them to other, uh, other sporting events that are on campus so they can see uh, – our, our awesome student section, the rock, and they can see the, the rest of the fans and how, how much support the athletic department gives here. I mean, they, they gain so much support from fans all over the place. And uh, I want to make sure that they recognize that, that when we go on the road, we have fan support all over the place. And so uh, that's the key for me. It's the people and, and, um, and talking to our players. I, I think that's uh, they're the best, the best uh, spokespeople for our program. Um, I think they should talk to all the guys not just the starters they can talk to whoever they want in the locker room and interact with them so uh when they get that feel for what it's like to be on the team i think that's a good for me that's that's the best um selling point that we could make there's BYU football coach kalani sataki when we come back kyle whittingham and the youth stay with us it's game week for the aggies and the zone sports network is getting you ready for kickoff 
Utah State returns to Mountain West Conference play with a big trip to the Bay Area for a showdown against the Spartans of San Jose State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. PK at 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we've heard from the Aggies head coach, Blake Anderson. We've heard from the Cougars head coach, Kalani Sataki. Let's wrap up the 6 a.m. hour with the youth coach, Kyle Whittingham, getting ready for a trip to Arizona. Coming off a win over the last place team in the North, get, get the last place team in the South. Here's Kyle with the media. Okay, uh, obviously we played very well uh, Friday night. We'd had a great week of practice and preparation, but didn't see that coming for sure to uh, to play the way uh, particularly in the first half that uh, we were able to but but uh, felt we would play good but but that was uh, maybe our best half of football in a, in a long time and so uh, it was good to get the win um, we're uh, you know that's that's our mode right now and, and it has to be just uh, one game at a time one week at a time and and uh, that was our entire focus last week was was trying to get get a win on the road and uh, it'll be the same this week there'll be no difference in the way we prepare in the way we uh, approach things our focus our attitude mindset the whole the whole deal so if we can just keep uh, in the uh, same mode we're in right now you know not not looking past anybody uh, understanding that uh, the game is won Monday through Friday uh, with your preparation and uh, you know just continue to uh, work hard during the week then then that's uh, going to be in our best interest so questions well, it was the talent level that we saw. I mean, his his talent is is uh, very apparent, and he's got size, he's got speed, he's got quickness, he's got um, you know pretty much everything you look for in a running back. And it was just a matter early on of the ball security was not where it needed to be. We by no means ever even considered giving up on him. We just knew, knew we needed to continue to bring him along and and uh, get him to the to the point where. Uh, Everyone feel, felt confident in him carrying the football and that he was going to protect it. Is there any guys who are out for the year? No, not not new guys. Yeah, nobody, nobody from the past game. Now, now going into the game on, on Saturday, they, they, they snapped a 20 game losing streak. You know, do you, do you feel like that that they kind of now have, have that spark to where you guys it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge going in on Saturday? To, to oh, Arizona snapped their game. Okay, yeah. Um, sure, they, they got uh, confidence. That game has to give them confidence, and they, they, uh, you know, they got the win as you mentioned. And uh, I'm sure they're going to do everything in their power to build on that and and uh, try to you know continue the momentum. But but uh, you know, and then conversely, we're going to do everything in our power to try to get a win on the road. And so uh, we'll see what happens. Is there any concern of? Uh maybe complacency just given Arizona's struggles and, and what they've been 
this season, maybe the kids are looking beyond? Sure hope not. Um, we'll have team meetings today and and uh, address that very uh, possibility. But uh, I would guess that that uh, the group that we have here is is uh, got great leadership. I don't guess. I know they have great leadership, and uh, they'll handle it just like we have the past several weeks. It's just uh, you know we're settling into our routine, and and it's just uh, rinse and repeat every week. You just start over and and do the same things. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were pretty uh, comfortable with the rotation they had last week, and and uh, my guess is that they'll feel like uh, that's probably uh, you know maybe where they've settled. Uh, we'll see, obviously for sure on, on game day, but but uh, they have had some uh, a revolving door of sorts there, and and uh, not able to really get uh, settled in, but uh, they did a nice job on uh, Saturday. When, when you guys played on Friday, did, did the team have Saturday and Sunday off? Yes, gave them Saturday and Sunday off. Does that, does that benefit you, especially toward, towards the end of the year, where, where even though it's only one extra day off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every, any downtime and rest and recovery time you can give them right now is is a positive. And they had been going, uh, what, 12 straight days uh, prior to that, or more than that, uh, 16 straight days uh, leading into Stanford because of the short week. And uh, so we try to make up for that and, and give them some good downtime. And But downtime is only good if you maximize it and take advantage of it, you know, which we hope hope they did. What's your knowledge of Jet Fish? I don't know him very well. I, I've got to know him a little bit at the uh, some of the Pac-12 functions over the last year. Uh, seems like a great guy, and, and uh, you know he's got a, a strong resume. But no, I don't know him on a personal level, uh, and have not uh, had a lot of interaction. What did you make Oh, no, it's hard from all the way back here. Do you guys feel the pressure of leaving the Pac-12 South? What's, the, what's your mindset slash your team's mindset when approaching being number one? I don't personally feel it, and I don't think our players have, you know, there's no indication that they felt it, and we never even talk about it in meetings. You know, we just say we're in good position. That's that's all we, that's as close to talking about the, the standings as we come, and and uh, just know that, uh, and the key to everything is that we control our destiny. That's the, that's the main thing, is that we are able to control our destiny and, and not rely on anybody else. So, yeah. Kyle, are you aware that you're one win away from tying the program record for coaching in your career? Uh, no, but I guess you just said it, so I, I am now. Did Is that right? Okay. Didn't mean to catch off guard there. Oh, um, that's all right. We talked last week in the wake of Gary Patterson leaving about your legacy, what you've done. Um, approaching a record like that, does that do anything for you in terms of thinking back about what you've accomplished? It does things in terms of feeling fortunate and blessed of all the great players that I've had the chance to coach and that have come through here and have uh, put that record together. Because it's not a, it's not my record. It's a, it's a culmination of a bunch of really good players, a bunch of really good assistant coaches, a bunch of good support from the administration, all tying together. So that's how I look at it. I see exactly uh, what the NFL looks for in linebackers. You know, he's got the size, the speed, uh, the explosion, 
the athleticism, the intelligence, you know, everything that that uh, you see in those elite linebackers in the NFL, Devin possesses. And, and he may have had his best game uh, this past Friday night. He was, he was outstanding. And an interception he made was incredible. And he's leading the league in sacks, I believe, and leading the league in uh, tackles for loss and somewhere in the top three or four in total tackles. So he's, he's having an exceptional year. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, when it happened in real time, I, could, I said, what just happened? You know, because it was so uh, bang, bang. And then you look at the replay board and and uh, it's still like, how did he do that? I mean, you know, the ball, the ball was, you know, four feet away and thrown, you know, hard. And he was able to, you know, have the hand-eye coordination and the awareness and the and the uh, anticipation to, to make that play. You know, the fact that he was, or he had receiving experience in high school, can he draw upon, you know, those things from his past and, and playing out there on the, on, on the, I think without a doubt that helps him out. It's more so ball skills come more into play as a DB than a linebacker, but but uh, he's maximized pretty much every opportunity he's had to make, to make an interception because he does have outstanding hands, and that stems from, from uh, as you mentioned, his experience as a receiver way back when. You love takeaways, and you've seen a lot of them over your career. As kind of an unexpected, incredible interception, does that measure up? Maybe Kruger had one against BYU that was pretty unbelievable. I don't know that there's that many out there. What do you think compared to, though? Do you remember some? Uh, certainly the, the Paul Kruger one where he, where he came back on the loop and got in the throw lane. Uh, Sean Smith had some spectacular interceptions when he was here. I remember a one-hander against Wyoming up in Laramie. Um, uh, but uh, it's got a rate in the top two, three, or four that I've ever experienced here at Utah. John, in 2019, you've had one of your most efficient offenses you've had probably in your whole time here. This team is rivaling a lot of that in the sense of efficiency and being able to move points. I mean, when you compare the team in some respects to 2019, is this kind of what you were seeing in terms of their talent and their ability, or what kind of that? Offensively, I would say yes, and uh, that's why it was so frustrating early in the year, because uh, we knew, I knew, that uh, we had the 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 uh, pieces and the and the uh, just the general uh, building blocks to, to become a really good offense, and we we sputtered early in the year. Um, but once we got the quarterback position settled, once the O-line started playing like they were capable of, once we got the right personnel groups, uh, majored in the right groups, and uh, and then started running the football efficiently, everything started to click. Uh, given, how well, um, given how well the offensive line has played the last two weeks, um, if and when Keaton is ready, how much consideration would be given to not changing anything? Yeah, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it because he's not ready yet. Uh, and we possibly be, he may possibly be ready this week, but we haven't got that uh, affirmation yet. But but uh, there's <laughs> it's not broke, you don't fix it, and, and things have been going pretty good uh, the last couple of weeks, and, and that's a credit to Paul Miley and Nick Ford. Nick Ford, uh, you know, proves his jack of all trades uh, ability again. And not you know, jack of all trades kind of sounds like you're okay at a bunch of things. He's an expert wherever he plays and and for him to go out and play left guard at the level he's played with uh, you know having not very much experience there has been incredible Paul Miley has been uh, uh, you know we've had a few errant snaps that we got to get corrected but for the most part he has done an outstanding job and so we'll have to uh, 
think long and hard about what we're going to do when that situation arises. What do you make of uh, Cole, Cole Bishop? You, you guys seem to kind of play him. It looks like you guys played three safeties in that game on Friday. Yeah. What do you make of him in that game? He's an outstanding player. He's going to be. He's just a freshman, true freshman, and he is going to be special. And uh, he's been limited this season by injury, and so we haven't been able to play him nearly as much as we would have liked. Uh, we're paper thin at corner right now, and that was a way to kind of ease the 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 lack of depth at corner by playing a three safety scheme, uh, four down, two backers, three safeties, two corners instead of the four two five uh, with three corners. And so uh, he's you know he came in and did exactly what we thought he was going to do. And uh, he's big enough; he may end up being a linebacker down the road. That's certainly a possibility. In fact, a lot of his job description Friday night was that of a linebacker. As that third safety, he came down in the box and and did uh, you know a lot of what. Uh, what our stud linebacker does. The fact that Cam hasn't been sacked in a month. Apologies. <laughs> okay. um, how much of that is right? The offensive line is playing well, and how much of that is well? Rising can tuck it and do something with the play. Probably 50-50, I would say, right on the button. The offensive line has been protecting uh, exceptionally well, but when you have a quarterback that's got such a pocket presence and, and has such an awareness of the rush and can move and get an escape, and uh, not only move and escape, but turn it into a big run, uh, that uh, is really what you, you know, most explosive offenses, particularly in the collegiate level, have a quarterback that can extend plays. If you don't have that, you're very hamstrung. Unless you're better at the other 10 positions, markedly better, then uh, it's going to be difficult. You've got to have a quarterback that can extend plays. doesn't have to necessarily be a dual threat that's going to run for 800 yards in the season, but he's got to be able to extend the play and be able to get himself out of jams because uh, he's probably avoided you know, half a dozen sacks that, that a guy without his ability would have been sacked. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about maybe some of the letdown in the defense and kind of just the youth and experience. How much of the difference has been maybe the opponent versus them just really starting to kind of pick things up? What kind of those changes been? I think them picking things up and, and uh, gaining experience, and particularly with the front guys, you know, the, a lot of our problems early in the year, uh, particularly in the run game, were, were losing gaps with, with the down guys because they're guys that just hadn't been there before. And so those guys are starting to get uh, get the idea and get things figured out. Um, the, the secondary is, is making plays, and they're, you know, although they did have uh, five games or so last year, well, exactly five games to, to uh, get their feet wet, but uh, it's just been a work in progress, and I think Coach Scowley and the rest of the defensive staff have done a really good job of bringing those guys along from week to week. The conference is taking a bit of heat nationally for not being very good and all that. When you have to deal with that, especially <laughs> recruiting, what do you say? How do you? Uh, we hardly ever come across that in recruiting. That's not a topic of conversation, and and uh, we got Oregon that's going to the playoffs if they happen today, right? And so I don't know. Where you know, I, I prefer to think that we got a lot of balance in this league rather than not very good, as you said. There is Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.